Our learning objective is to describe the different market price-based ratios for judging a stock's value. One can develop estimates of a stock's value, or one can look at the price of the stock as it trades today, and the question becomes, you know, what's, what's the framework? Does this stock price look reasonable? And in order to assess the appropriateness of a current stock price, people usually resort to what we call market price-based ratios. Now, the four most common market price-based ratios are the price-earnings ratio, the price-to-cash flow ratio, the price-to-free cash flow ratio, the price-to-sales ratio, and the price-earnings ratio divided by the growth rate and dividends ratio. Because the first indicator is the price-earnings ratio, let's focus for a minute on earnings. When we talk about the earnings or earnings per share of a company, we are talking about the net income of the company minus any preferred dividend requirements divided by the number of outstanding shares of common stock. The earnings per share number provides the investor or potential investor with information about the stability of dividends, the capital gains potential of the company. It's sort of the basic scorecard of the company. It's considered one of the most single most, or it's considered one of the most important indications of value, if not the most important indication of value of a company. So when we use the earnings number to compute the price earnings ratio, uh, there are actually two different earnings numbers that could be used. When we compute the price earnings ratio, it's always today's price in the numerator. But earnings in the denominator can either be the trailing earnings, sometimes it's called the current earnings, but that would be the earnings for the previous four quarters. So when you use the historical earnings, that is a factual number. If you have two different people computing a price earnings ratio based on historical earnings, both people should get the same number. This would be the preferred method of computing a price earnings ratio. However, it is very common for people in the investments industry to report a price to future earnings ratio. And that means that in the denominator, they are using the projected earnings for the next four quarters. Now, the projected earnings, of course, is sort of a fantasy number. It's what people think will happen. And if you buy a stock based on the price to future earnings ratio, and then earnings don't turn out to be what were forecasted, as is usually the case, then in fact you have acted on erroneous information. So I like to think of the price to future earnings ratio as a fantasy number. Now it, if each broker used their own estimates of earnings, 
in computing price to future earnings, that would certainly be sort of a re self-reinforcing type of computation. That when they think the earnings will be high, they'll associate that with a higher price, and it's not really separate information. But many brokerage firms will use a, a consensus estimate of earnings forecast. So if everybody uses a consensus estimate, then at least everybody is acting on the same information about what, what we expect future earnings to be. And so there, there is a little less bias in, in, in using that number. Some true-false questions. A P-E ratio may be based on the expected earnings for the next period or the prior period earnings. That's true. There is a for current P-E and a forecasted P-E, and any time you hear somebody talking about a P-E ratio for a company, you should always make sure that you understand are they using the price to forecasted earnings or are they using the price to current or past earnings. For companies with net losses, investors will look at such ratios as the price to sales ratio. Well, that's true. The reason we have ratios like price to sales is because it's very awkward to compute a price-earnings ratio when the earnings number is negative. In fact, you don't see negative P-E ratios because they simply are not reported. So people have to look to alternative measures to assess the reasonableness of a price, of a stock price, and the sales per share, that is you divide the total sales by the number of shares outstanding. So if you look at the price to sales ratio, then you come up with a number that you can use in comparing different companies as to reasonableness of stock price.